And we're back with another edition of Midweek Menches. That monotone voice you're hearing is Schweitz, and I'm going to take point tonight. With us tonight, we got Mayor Matt, got Ant in Brooklyn, and we got John down in Miami. How's everyone doing tonight? Excellent. Stellar. How are you? Wonderful. Doing all right. Kids hopefully sleeping. All right. So, uh, Mayor Matt, what do you what do you got for us tonight? I, I've got an awful lot, as I usually do. But, uh, yeah, it's been a while since John's been with us. So, welcome back to John. And there are a couple of things that happened on the show that uh, I would just want to get your your take on. And number one, there was the today there was the big uh, sharing of the cafecito. And as somebody who's never had cafecito, I'd like to know your experiences with it. Is it kind of a bit where they over amp how amped it gets you or is, is it, is it really for real? Well, so I, I grew up drinking that stuff as a, as a kind of as a kid, not so much. A, I guess I was a teenager when I started um, maybe in the thirteens type of deal. So I may have, grown accustomed to it already, but, and it's probably not something you should give your kids, um, you know, in hindsight, uh, we don't <laughs> give it to our kids, but uh, it is, it is as, as described, um, which is, it's like rocket fuel, it's jet fuel. What they do is they almost mix equal parts sugar to coffee. And, um, and so that, I think that delivery system, the sugar just delivers the caffeine straight straight into your um into your bloodstream um and so they've described it before but what you essentially normally get when it's a group of you say three or four you go to the you go to the um the, the cuban cafeteria or something or nowadays uh, cafecitos everywhere and you order a colada a colada is about um a colada comes in, in a small cup with like thimble size cups and those thimble-sized cups are are like the shots, and a colada maybe has about five five or to six shots in them. So you go and you divvy up those those shots among five people, and that's usually enough. That's usually what happens after dinner. I, I'm, I'm sorry, scratch that. After lunch, and you have yourself one shot. Now these guys were like doubling up, and in some cases more than that. And if you're not used to it, it's it's already an espresso roast, which is is right under, I believe, French roast, which is the the most caffeinated. The darker the darker the roast, if if I'm not mistaken, the more caffeinated it has. Caffeine it has. So espresso is right under French roast. So already it's pretty caffeinated, um, and and then the sugar. And then if you just keep doing that, you're just having this exponential effect. And if you're not used to it, you could you could seriously like start to have like your heart start to race a little bit. And um, if you're not used to it, you may get the sweats, especially down here in Miami. It doesn't take much to, to get you to start sweating. So you don't need rocket fuel to, to, to amp that up. But it's, um, it, it is as, as, um, as described and marketed. But having said that, everybody should have, have some, you know, even if it's just one thimble size cafecito, um, you should have it. Uh, these days, um, I prefer. These days I'll have that, but sometimes I'll do what they call a cortadito. Cortadito is is uh, almost half half um, like three quarters coffee uh, or cafecito, the same espresso that they use for the cafecito, and then about a quarter milk, depending on how dark or light you like it. And then of course in the mornings I opt for uh, what they call a café con leche, 
which for the 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 non-Spanish uh, speakers is essentially a latte um, with some espresso and a lot of milk, and um, that that's uh, each one of those things have to be um, experienced once you come down here. If you don't, if you come down here and you don't experience that, then you've really you've done yourself a disservice, and you're just going to have to come back and and do it. So for somebody like me who does not drink sugared drinks and and doesn't ever have well, I rarely have caffeinated drinks either. I don't do a lot of caffeine. I, I mean, I'll have a glass of unsweet tea in my body. Well, I mean, I just I get jittery. So if I were to take one of these cafecitos, I'm I'm pretty much I mean, I need to take it while I'm near an ER is what you're telling me. Yeah. Uh, defibrillator nearby, one of those in case of in case of emergency break class. Um, right. But yeah, you. You you might get the shakes. Uh, now it's not you know tall iced tea. Um, it has has caf, caffeine in it, but but this stuff, like I said, it's just equal parts sugar to caffeine, and and just it's it's the perfect combination and uh, gets you going. All right. Does it taste like coffee? Yeah, but it's so sweet that it's and and that's the reason why you you want to have more of them. It's because it's really sweet. It's almost it's almost like a like a like a dessert, you know, a dessert in itself. That's why a lot of people might have it after dinner in in lieu of a in lieu of a uh, you know uh, a dis, an actual dessert. They'll have a cafecito and and you know it's at night, you know, so um, it's not uncommon for for it to be. 10, 11, 12. And after dinner, you're having your, your cafecito or you're having your espresso. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, it's like a dessert that that's what's, that's what keeps you coming for more. Right. So John, so, let me ask you, given all the caffeine in it, why are you not having it at breakfast? Why are you going somewhat lighter with the cafe con leche for breakfast and then having your cafecito after lunch? Does he mean want to pick me up first thing in the morning or is it just you, too much? You hit that wall at two o'clock or one o'clock. Yeah. No. Um, so in reality at home, I'll, I'll make myself espresso. Um, and at times lately I've been having the cafe con leche. So I make, uh, basically three espressos, at least my machine, it'll make three espressos. And then I'll have about, you know, uh, maybe a half, half of that of milk. So it's more like a cortadito at home. Um, but when I'm out and I hit like a Cuban cafeteria, it's either the cortadito or or the um, or the cafecito, um, which if you order cafecito by itself, it's a lot more than you would get in that thimble. So uh, the thimble that you get in a colada, which is meant to be shared among everybody, and you drink you know you drink it in those thimble sized cups. Um, a, a cafecito itself, if you just ordered a cafecito, you you're looking at about maybe two and a half thimbles worth um, in a cafecito. In the mornings, it might, it might harken back. Well, a Cuban breakfast has it might have been described already by by Billy once or twice. Is it could be a cafe con leche with a tostada, which is a Cuban bread, heavily buttered and then pressed. And so what you do is you end up having uh, and the cafe con leche is usually tall. It's not like a small little thing. And so you have your cafe con leche and you you eat the tostada by dipping the the buttered uh, bread, buttered uh, Cuban bread into the cafe con leche and you just, you know, dunk and bite, dunk and bite. Um, and so cafe con leche is already a staple of, of breakfast down here. Um, and for me, I just grew up uh, generally drinking like instant breakfast. 
So my mom would make me before going to to school, she'd make me that, you know, carnation instant breakfast or something. You rip a rip an envelope, put it put it in milk, stir it up, and there you go. There are your vitamins and minerals. So maybe some of that also bleeds over. All right. So everyone Do you guys have any analogs? Wait, sorry. Do you guys have any analogs to coffee or cafecito? Over there? Well, when you when you were explaining the Cuban breakfast, and the thing I was thinking about was the Italian. It's the, you know, biscotti with the coffee. Yep. That's the thing I'm thinking of. <laughs> so, John, when um, in Italy, usually after dinner, my my relatives would make via a mocha pot um, espresso, and they would put in a shit ton of sugar. I'm talking like. What what I what I remember being like ten teaspoons of sugar for you know this much of coffee. So actually, I don't know how it necessarily compares to the cafecito, but I feel like I've had something very similar when when I was in Italy with with my family. Um, similarly, at least to the cafecito. So I'm, so I'm very excited when I get down to Miami next to try it or Florida General next to try it because it'll harken back to what I feel like I was having with my family. You know, ten fifteen years ago. You know. I think in this case, you won't be surprised because it sounds very similar. Uh, what's funny is when you see, when you go to the cafeterias and, you know, they have the elaborate, same as you would expect in, in you know, you see in Italy, like these elaborate espresso mm -hmm. that have about, you know, five or eight, uh, five or six spouts. Um, and they go and they hit the machine, right? So it starts to brew. Um, and then you'll see them take like these huge heaps of sugar into a little, a little thimble size, uh, uh, not thimble size, a little like maybe half a cup or a cup worth uh, a cup and just keep sugar. And just it. sitting there stirring it, stirring it, stirring it. Like you're and then they the stir thing. it, right. Yeah. And, and that stirring <laughs> that they do, um, then when they pour the rest of it, ends up uh, uh, producing like a froth. And so mm -hmm. in Spanish, we call that, and down here we call it espumita. If you get like good espresso or good, good cafecito, it should have espumita. That means that they really... Beat, beat the crap out of that sugar and and little bit of coffee um it, it's essentially the 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 uh man without well i'll just say it, the the pre-ejaculate of the coffee so you take that little bit and you put it into the sugar and you go and you cream it you just cream it like crazy mm -hmm. and then the rest of it goes in there and then you get the espumita yeah uh, sorry for the you know description but it is what it is Pam, I guess, guess pre-ejaculate is better than post-ejaculate, so that's fine. Mm -hmm. Pam, please put this in the book. Speaking of Pam, when I went to uh, and saw her over the weekend, I actually got an espresso machine from her that um, I'm very excited to try out because uh, sometimes the mocha pot is a pain in the ass. <laughs> is it a super automatic or... Or, yeah, uh, I mean, it's not the, it, it's a very nice machine to make singles and doubles and it's got a milk froth on the side so I can make my wife lattes. So I'm by, very by excited. super automatic, I mean, do you have a reservoir for beans, a reservoir for water? No. And you kind of just press a button? No, the water reservoir, yes. You just, you put your, you, 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 similar to how, you know, you might see it like any of these coffee places or Starbucks, you take your little thing. Right. You put in your beans, you hook, you, you know, your. You grind your, them. Your ground beans, you it doesn't the machine doesn't grind them, but you take your ground beans and then you run your espresso, your water through for your espresso. So, right. I'm very thankful for her Congrats. giving me the uh, giving the machine and uh, and I can't wait to try it. I, I wanted to try it today and I just didn't get there. Pam's Welcome to Coffee Talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
If you love listening to us here on Lauer After Hours, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only 15 bucks a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So, if you're ready to do more than just listen to us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this podcast to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Uh, Mayor, was there anything else you wanted to cover? Well, you know, the other thing I've got, I'll come back to John later on because I've got another topic that's, that he and I just need to kind of discuss a little bit more. But um, before we started recording, we were having a discussion about different basketball teams and players, and Ant made a reference to somebody who, even though he was on one of his teams, did not care for them. And so I was wondering if uh, what pro player did you just not like their game? I'm not saying they weren't good. They may have been fantastic but somebody that you just didn't like and actually the one that ant brought up is is mine so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take his but i guess you know james harden is is one again you can't deny the numbers and and the the results that he gets but i just don't like his game i don't enjoy watching him play i I don't find it entertaining or anything like that and i wonder what what got what players in whatever sport might fall into that category for you Great question. Uh, I would say personally, there was a when I was younger, it was Sam Cassell for some unknown reason. And I wasn't that old, but I just whenever he was on the court, uh, I think of him with those uh, 94, 95 Rockets teams where uh, I, I just for whatever reason, whenever he was in, I was rooting for the Rockets, I think, in those series, too. But just whatever reason, he rubbed me the wrong way. or Maybe my dad was yelling at him and I picked up on it. <laughs> And who was who were you mentioning earlier? So for me, it was Carmelo Anthony. Um, I he's a great offensive player, and when the Knicks were at their best, was when he put in work on the defensive end, and that was rare. And in some ways, I'm happy he's resurrected his career in 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 Portland. But if he played half as unselfishly in New York as he does in Portland. And didn't just, I mean, he was in New York and he pounded the rock into the ground every chance he got. And I also felt while he was very much up for the team winning and doing well, he always wanted to be because of him. You know, he was he was all excited and happy about Jeremy Lin up until the moment Jeremy Lin started getting the front page headlines over him. And then he was out on Jeremy Lin. So I just never, again, great offensive player, terrible effort on the defensive end similar to i feel like james harden because he could play defense if he wanted to he would be really good at the four but it would mean he'd have to work harder and 
might take away two baskets from him on the offensive end. So he wasn't going to do that. So for me, that was that was the play that always just bothered me because, and probably was probably also because the Knicks stunk for so long, and then traded everything under the sun to get Carmelo, and then we could have been so much better than we were. We weren't going to win a title with Carmelo even because the team itself was never that great. But we always could have done better, and I just never was a fan of Carmelo because of what I felt was the way he didn't necessarily want to put in the same effort on the defensive end as he did on the offensive end. You know, to me, I understand a superstar taking over the fourth quarter, but if he had made like two extra passes in the first three quarters and got his teammates involved a little more, then go for 15 in the fourth quarter when we need you. We don't need you to go for 15 in the first. We need everybody to get in the game and be a part. So, you know, in the third quarter, when you're taking a seat for five minutes, we have other players who are ready to, to put the ball in the hoop. But I could go on for hours, so I'll pass it over to John if he's got a guy. I do. This, like. this might be unpopular because I remember I remember stating it in college to, to some people that um, I, I just never, never got Rodman, Dennis Rodman, fantastic, like rebounder and kind of crazy enforcer type, I guess. But the lack of of offensive, I, it seemed like the his his game was so um, one dimensional. Uh, you know, just rebound and that I'm saying that without being a person who's who's really a um, yeah. Like, I don't see. study the game, and I don't. You know, I'm not a. I wouldn't profess to be anywhere close to like the Miami Heat beat guys that I listen to, who who really know X's and O's and can talk about stuff. But when I was a kid growing up and watching Rodman, I just didn't see what was so great about him. Uh, you know, he was a guy who just focused, in my opinion, and it's probably it's probably wrong. Somebody who's more who knows more about it can can correct me. But as a kid watching it, it seemed like it was a uh, one dimensional. It was just focused on rebounds, which are important, but that's all he did. And and I was used to seeing somebody like, you know, Jordan. And I grew up watching these guys who were, you know, just offensive uh, guys and dunker, you know, and, and, and aesthetically dunking, you know, very nice. And, and for me, Rodman was that guy. He was just like, um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't care for his game. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Rodman was, was just a defensive specialist and enforcer and agitator and, those things and what I always thought was was cool about his game was yeah he didn't care about any of those other things so like you grew up watching all these people that cared about all these numbers cared about that he cared about playing his role and that role you know led him to what five champions five championships yep so yeah I mean also the other thing that did make him cool was when he went on uh uh WCW Monday Night Nitro when he was uh tag team partners with Hulk Hogan there that was that was a good one too yeah, the yeah night, wasn't that the night before a playoff game or something? That, but the, you know, the great thing about this question, there there is no wrong answer. And again, we've we've mentioned everybody we've mentioned is a, are probably going to be Hall of Famers, but there's just something about them that you just didn't like their game. I always thought Jason Kidd coming out of college, I was like, oh, Jason Kidd's going to be the biggest bust. Why are they making a big deal about this guy? He was pretty good pro. <laughs> so, well, not where I grew up. Whatever you like. I grew up, you know right outside Akron, Ohio. So I, you know, LeBron's a year older than me. So we, he was covered locally. We knew about him. Uh, as soon as he hit high school, he was all over the papers and stuff like that. And I had friends in New York, you know, 
who would all just be like, oh, they were all Syracuse fans. Oh, Carmelo's going to be better than LeBron. You know, take him and just they, – they still will, every time I see him, they apologize for making that take. Well, also, I think with basketball, it's easier – I mean, basketball is based on stardom. You, If you're the best player out of the 10 on the court, you have a real good chance to run the show for your team and just make it – much more dominant where other sports, baseball, football, even hockey, it's much more needed to be a team of good players as opposed to just one great player, let's say. You get a bigger sample size too. It's like, um, oh, who's the fat pitcher that they played for the Braves? Uh, uh, he pitched for the Mets a bunch. He's Thank you. My gosh, I don't know why I totally lost that. But he, I just could never stand, even when he was with the Braves, I could not stand him. I just I don't like the game, and you would think, hey, here's a here's a fat old guy that's still getting it done. You'd think he should have a poster of him on my wall, but uh, there's just something about him I just could not, I just couldn't stand. Maybe it was the fact that he got busted for steroids early in his career and then started making all star teams. I love his last name though. <laughs> all right, uh, Ant, anything for us tonight? Yeah, I wanted to hit the sort of what was it in in the post game where they talked about body parts falling asleep and like Chris enjoying getting like his arm to fall asleep or even Jessica talking about when her arm falls asleep, her sister told her to punch it with her other arm or if her leg fell asleep, she would punch it to sort of wake it up, which just seems like, I mean, she even said it, maybe my sister was playing a prank on me. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> come on. I don't know. It just, I mean, it was comedy gold for me. I laughed, I laughed, I, you know, the whole or like, no, so that was one thing. And then also when you guys sleep, two legs out of the blanket, one leg out of the blanket, two legs out of the blanket, where do we go? Round the horn. What about you, Schweitz? Where are you with the with legs and blankets? Are you a cold guy? Are you a warm guy? What's your preference? Well, I I run warm, so if I have a blanket on, I I will actually sleep so that my feet are dangling off the edge of the bed. So like I will I will come like, you know, so there's the headboard, I will slide down like a foot or so so that like just like at my ankles so my feet are fully supported but they're hanging off the edge of the bed when it's when it's warm out when it's when it gets cold out then i'm i will wrap the blankets around i'll try to do that with the blankets around them i i tend to sleep like that i find it helps my you, circulation you in my back feet. or in your stomach or your side where are you sleep stomach or side as i think a lot of people on this call know when you're when you're heavier and you sleep on your back that can lead to uh sleep apnea issues and and a lot of tossing and turning a lot of restless nights sometimes so uh always on uh on the front or on the side is is what i've done what about you john <clears throat> excuse me the sleeping topic is right in my wheelhouse i love uh to talk about sleeping i've noticed just because of the um, the amount of time I spend now in the bathroom, uh, whether it's peeing or doing number two, I'm always uh, then on Twitter, right? And and checking Twitter and reading Twitter. And it the next thing I know, um, it, I guess the way I'm sitting and putting my elbows on my on my um, thighs, then my my legs fall asleep or they they start to tingle and do that that thing. So uh, I missed that post game where they were talking about it because that would have been. That would have resonated with me so much uh, because of what, what I just stated. As far as the, um, it's, you know, being in Miami, it's always hot, but we, we keep our home at around like 72 degrees, um, anywhere from 72, 70, 74 sometimes. But at night we, we turn it down to maybe 70 or 71. Um, and I, I sleep 
generally with a with a sheet, only a sheet, and with like one leg out to regulate the the my body temperature. Um, but my wife, and they've talked about this on the show, um, not my wife per se, but the weighted blanket. So my wife has a weighted blanket and this thing becomes like an anchor so that I don't use the weighted blanket, she does, but it's like 40 pounds or, or something crazy. And I think she like doubles it up. So, you know, so it doesn't cover the whole bed. So now on the occasion that I don't have the, um, the blanket on me or that it's been somehow inter intertangled with this weighted blanket, I now run the risk of, of, of playing the most dangerous game of waking my wife up. Right. <laughs> so on those nights, I may actually like not get any sleep because I'm, I'm freezing. Right. The, the temperature is 70 degrees. I have, I don't even have the thinnest of, of sheets, let alone a blanket. And, and I'm, I'm weighing my options. I'm saying, all right, do I, do I go ahead and, 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 um, be warm for the next uh, few hours, or do I? Do I? In which case, I'll I'll suffer the wrath for the next twenty four hours uh, when when we wake up, or do I just tough it out? You know, grow a pair, be uncomfortable for the next six hours or seven hours, and then and then just you know, uh, walk it off, so to speak. Uh, you know, when daybreak. So um, that's my, normally it's a, just a sheet with a leg hanging out, but sometimes it gets pinned underneath that, that massive anchor my wife calls a weighted blanket, and uh, I may be done for the night. John, I, I got to offer some advice. You got to get yourself a second blanket. You got to get yourself something or a spare sheet, something you just keep on the side and those nights when it happens, you know, I, even if it's thin, even if it's like, you know, one of the kids' old blankets or something, you got to get something just so you're able to like, you yeah, know. We, my, my wife and I actually put two comforters on the bed that are different, different weights. And we've done this uh, pretty much ever since we moved in together. We both had, had, you know, sheets and comforters. So we just keep them both and I get one, she gets the other. Sometimes we'll, we'll switch uh, depending on the weather if one, you know, but that, that is great advice. You're never fighting over them. You're only fighting over the pillows. Oh. So, you, so before we get to, to Mayor, before we get to Mayor and his and his um, sleeping habits, I have a linen closet, so it's not like I don't have a sheet or extra blankets, but I'm in the bed already. I'm not going to get out of the bed, right? I, I'm there. Oh, it's, I disagree, John. Oh, I, I I can't do it. Listen, I, I, you know, sometimes sometimes I'm in the bed. I have to go to the bathroom, but I don't want to get out of the bed and pee, so. By the time I do wake up and I have to go pee, I'm in there for like a solid four and a half minutes you have to the point where bucket? I have to check to make sure I'm still peeing. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. Is it, is it still pee? Cause I've lost all sensation. That's how much I won't get out of bed. I just, I won't do it. Not for peeing, not for blanket. So my youngest daughter has about six blankets in her bed because she's just crazy, but she's usually not under any of them. So if I ever have this issue that the comfort ends up in the toilet with my wife, I just go to her room, I get one and I come back and, but I'm also like you, I usually sleep one leg out of the edge of the bed, one leg out from under the blanket just to sort of help regulate the heat. And, and the, the thing that's weird is we have, so in my house, we have un, like split singles, like splits in each of the rooms yeah. for the AC. The heat is, is full house, but the splits are AC. And for some reason, 
the split is only on my side of the bed, which means to keep my wife cool, it's got to be way down low, but it's blowing directly on me. So those nights, I definitely need the blanket on me or I am just icicle, which mm-hmm. I prefer really, really cold, wrapped good in a good blanket more than, you know, just mildly cold or mildly cool or warm. So that's for me. So I'm like, oh, I got to get, I got to go my, I got to go steal my daughter's blanket to wrap myself up in. I'm curious to see what, what Mayor Matt does, because I think being down here in Miami, I, um, I only grew up with like a sheet. I didn't need a, a blanket. I certainly didn't need a comforter. I didn't need any of that stuff. Um, my wife, on the other hand, has a sheet, a blanket, a comforter, a, heavy, a weighted blanket all on her. I'm just curious what Mayor Matt uh, has. If, does he split the difference? Does he go more with like, you know, what I just described or, or like me? Um, just He's been sitting back in his chair pondering all of this. So uh. no, you you have to have a system, and I've got a very I've got, I have a process, and if, it's a medical fact that you will sleep better with your body te- with in, in a cooler temperature. So uh, right, like right now, our house is set at seventy two degrees. I've got a ceiling fan that will uh, continue to blow throughout the evening. I will be underneath a sheet and a comforter. Uh, I will begin sleeping uh, on my back, or I'll be begin lying in bed on my back, typically listening to a podcast. And then I will, uh, and with an AirPod in my right ear. So then as I, you know, start feeling a little bit woozy, I will roll over to my left shoulder and, and typically fall asleep there. And then at some point during the night, I'll either wake up listening to a podcast or the thing is falling out, or I'll just pull that thing out and throw it over to the side. And, uh, but that's the process. I get to sleep pretty quick. I am definitely totally under the, under the, uh, under the sheets. But yeah, it's it's odd trying to stay cool, staying totally under the sheets with an air conditioned house with a ceiling fan blowing. That's the process, and that's what works for me. And I and I can't get out of my mind John's comment about Twitter on the shitter, which I just kind of wow. Let we got to trademark that. There you go. That is, I think that's an LAH, um, the next LAH pod. Twitter on the shitter. <laughs> does does anybody sleep with a pillow between their their legs or this anything guy. like that? this guy i have back problems i had back surgery the the whole nine and so they um they were telling me that it helps align your back um because i have to be a side sleeper i used to be able to sleep any which way uh, on my belly on my back on my right but after after the uh, back surgery sleeping on my belly is is a non-starter i can't do it uh within a few minutes, I start to have back pain. So I generally sleep on my side with a pillow between the knees to kind of align everything. And, and I love it. What about you guys? I, I do the, I'm, an, I'm a back sleeper, so I don't put anything between my legs necessarily. Although if I ever do end up on my side, I will often like something there. Cause it just, a, because I also feel like, especially in the heat, Two legs, like two, I sleep in shorts, but two legs next to each other, it gets sticky. Like if you don't have the right, also it's kind of hard to be like on your side with one leg out of the comforter and one leg straight. It's just, it's a, it's an uncomfortable situation. So I tend to just sleep on, sleep on my side. And sometimes my leg even hangs off the edge of the bed or the side edge of the bed. Cause I'm not tall. Like I, I, I'm thinking the name of this episode has got to be the infant episode. Cause all we've talked about is eating, sleeping and shitting. <laughs> so it's, That's a great point there, Mayor. Is there uh, anything else? I think right, we could wrap there. Um, no, no, no. I mean, is there anything else other than eating, oh. shitting, and, and sleeping? TV and Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, 
go around the horn real quick on this. I got a couple of rapid fire. What team do you love to hate? Uh, everybody's kind of thinking with their eyes skyward. I'll, I'll open up with mine and I'm, I'm watching it and out of one eye this whole time is the New York Knicks. Uh, I just can't stand them. Don't have a real good reason why. Sorry, aunt. Love you like That's a brother, but I just, the Knicks, the sight of them, just them and the Mets uh, just absolutely just frost me to the core. So, Ant, what about you? Well, I was going to say the Braves, but they never beat us, so I didn't really hate them. You know, I was always uh... – Oh, because you're a Yankees fan. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, um, for me, I, I mean, I hate the Red Sox because they're our biggest rival. I don't really – honestly, I don't care about the Mets. They don't really matter in, in my lexicon because they're never really as good as the Yankees have traditionally been for a large portion of my lifetime. So, for me, it's the Red Sox. And then probably the Bulls. Because everything Patrick Ewing tried to do, he ran into Chicago. And even when we had good games like, you know, Starks dunking over uh, <laughs> over Jordan and Pippen, we still ended up losing the series and were never able to make it to the finals except the year that he retired and we faced the Rockets and lost to Akeem, another one of the greatest players of all time. So uh, for me, it's the, it's the Red Sox more currently and the Bulls historically because we both haven't been good in – two decades back then it was a really big uh, really big deal for me whites what about you so growing up my my father uh I, w- I was growing up in ohio but my father's from new york and is a jets knicks rangers mets fan and he is uh, <laughs> a very vocal fan and at some point i just started you know at a young age i said i just started rooting against all of those teams i used to you know for father's day i would get my dad a yankee hat or a Raiders hat because he hated the Raiders because of the Heidi Bowl. And uh, so I very actively root against all those. I just think, you know, so when Stu Gotts complains, I'm just usually smiling. Uh, also rooting against uh, the Patriots, of course. And uh, now that I'm in Toronto, rooting against the the Montreal Canadiens is sort of, you know, I didn't grow up with it, but uh, rooting against the, as, you know, a Maple Leafs fan, you you, you root against the, the Canadians, so not going well for the Leafs right now. I'll also throw this one out one more. I can't stand Ohio State. I can't stand it with a passion. But the Ohio, Ohio State. Uh, the Ohio State. That's, yeah, Ohio State fans are awful. I will be the first to admit they're I, – I am a Ohio State fan. Uh, they're weirdly cocky considering that the rest of their teams are garbage can, you know – the Browns, the Bengals, you know, it's just it's just this weird display of like they're super cocky because Ohio State's good, but then they don't know how to act because the Browns are so garbage or the Bengals are so garbage or the Reds and the and the the Indians. So yeah, I, yeah, I fully I, know, I, like, I fully understand. Especially like during the pandemic. Oh, I was pissed. I they, was I was they like the number of people who have told me they can't wait for the next set for a Saturday next fall to go sit with 800,000 people. I'm like, you're fucking insane, but neither here nor there. <laughs> they don't have a candle to, to UM fans. UM fans are the worst, the worst Miami or Michigan. <laughs> Both. Well, I can't speak to the, to the Michigan fans, but man, UM fans are the worst. So obnoxious. Um, Fair They're weather. Not the none, worst. Of them, none of them. The worst. No, the worst are Notre Dame fans, and the one A is OSU fans. No offense. 
<laughs> I understand. All right, John, which team do you love to hate? <laughs> I think he just said it. <laughs> no. He, so here's, yeah, there, there's some of that. Um, so I think I've expressed this before that I'm not, I'm, I'm probably the most casual of, of sports fans of everybody in LAH. Um, so I don't, I didn't really have like the, the, the visceral hate for some teams, but as of late, just because of the city and, and some of the stuff that's come out there, I think I'm going to have to go with like the new England teams, like, uh, like the Brady's, like Brady's team and in, in, well, former, former team with the Patriots and then the Celtics and just their, their shenanigans and their, their, um, fans shenanigans and stuff like that. Uh, if you'll pardon, pardon the, uh, the term um so yeah mm-hmm. I, you know for no other reason other than i i didn't have don't get me wrong i have a lot of hate in my heart for a lot of things and a lot of people but it just doesn't extend to to so much to teams um so i'm just gonna go and with the easy with the easy one and say brady and and the patriots and then the celtics sorry morgan sorry steak um yeah that's makes sense to me uh, before we go, I just want to ask, what did everyone think of the who's on first bit? Mayor? I thought it was fantastic. The quick and the creative stuff. Uh, I, I'm always a fan of that. It's it's what really keeps me sucked into the show. I think you're going to be able to, hopefully there'll be a little bit more of that uh, on Friday with the 24-hour uh, broadcast and uh, probably pulling out some of the archives to fill some of that time as well. But I thought that was uh, that was pretty well done. And, and just as a side note, part of that little bit was Cartersville's own Ronnie Brown. Chris, Chris Cody saying pause to allow for the laughter was just comedic genius. And I don't know if by he accident. did that on purpose, but. Yeah, I, I think the first one was by accident. And then once he realized, I'm going to, you know, beat this to, yeah. to death. Yeah, was, that, was, that was perfect. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, uh, to me, it sounded like, you know, uh, uh, at least the, so are you talking about when he went, I know we're, there were two, two kind of different things. There was the ones where he was just rereading the, the, the old routine. And then there was the one where they did it with Ronnie Brown and, and, you know, and those types, I liked them both. I thought, I thought the, the, uh, the Brown one was, was pretty clever. Uh, you know, the updated one was clever. Um, but I, uh, I just want to go off the board a little bit and, and give uh, props to probably my new guilty pleasure, um, and that's filled. It's filled in a little bit of that of that um, that the void in my heart that, that since Billy's not around, um, and that's a mean. And when he's discussing something, and then and then morphs into Obama, that has become my like my guilty uh, pleasure. Uh, as soon as as soon as I I start to see that uh, hear him, I'm like, okay, here it comes, and I I couldn't hold back the 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 grin. It, it's fantastic, you know. And then he, you know, and, and then they're talking about something, and all of a sudden he mentions Mitch McConnell, Sasha, uh, Malia, exactly, all star. I enjoyed does, as well. Yeah. Does Does anybody know any other Abbott and Costello bits? How old is this group? Abbott and Costello is like really really old but oh i know that's when i, I grew I, up they were like them and the stooges were just too like i feel like the local fox had it on like two hours saturday morning every time and so i was a big fan of of, of those bits 
beyond the fact that I was a huge baseball fan, my dad was a huge baseball fan. So we sort of shared like Evan Costello, who's on first was something we, we shared a love of. And even at times would like jokingly go back and forth. Like not that we had it memorized, but we would do like the first couple of who's on first, what's on second. I don't know. No, he's on third. How did I get to third base? You know, like, so definitely was uh, definitely a big fan of that stuff. And, you know, I like, so- I like when they do bits that are funny that, Half the people there, never mind three quarters of the people who are listening, have no clue about. <laughs> I just think that adds to like the fun and stupidity of it all when they can talk yeah. about something like you have no idea, except for Roy, who knows everything. No one else knows what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. Did Smitty well, know? I, I missed that. Did, did she have any idea who they were? Um, I don't think so. But I, I don't remember them specifically playing it up as they normally do when she has no clue about what's going on or no clue about a particular bit they're talking about or something. Or but to answer your question, yes, I, I am familiar with uh, at least one other bit that was uh, it's it's not really appropriate, I guess, when you think about the timing of it. It's even it's even worse. But the uh, there was a case where Costello was talking about a girl that he had i guess had the was had the had the hots for i guess she was from niagara falls if i recall I, I, well i don't i'm not gonna remember that but i remember the math part of it do you remember that where there was a he was 30 and she was 10 and they was like well she's a third year age but then in 10 years he was going to be 40 and she'd be 20 so that'd be half and then the way that it came out he says well i gotta go hurry up and marry her she's gonna pass me so again, it's a math joke and it's kind of silly, but then you start going, Ooh, a 30 year old and a 10 year old. That's that there's, I don't think there's ever a period of time where that was really acceptable or wanted. No, well, I, I think but, but how many times, of the position, how many of the position players can you name from the who's on first bit? What does the team look like? Oh, I can, I think I can name them all. All right, go ahead. Let's see. So you got who's on first. What's on second. I don't know. Who's on third. I don't care. Was the shortstop. Today was pitching. Tomorrow was catching. Um, I'm not going to get the outfielders right. I'm going to mess them up. So I'm going to I'm going to pause there and say I feel good about six of the nine, maybe. Yeah, Google Bush the points. other three. Nice. That's good. <laughs> exactly. I will say the other reference that was made very quickly. Somebody made a baseball been very very good to me. Did anybody else catch that or know what that was a reference to? Absolutely. It was a Saturday Night Live. That's Garrett right. Morris. Yes. Uh, look up that sketch. I forget what it's called, but just type those words and you'll find it. My parents quoted that to me pretty much my entire life. So uh, it's nice to be back and, and see the friendly faces and hear the friendly voices. So um, I'm glad to see you guys and hear you guys. Yes. Welcome back, John. All right. Well, everybody will go around the circle. Uh, tell us where you can find us on Twitter. Mayor, we'll start with you. At Santini Matt. That's uh, where you can find me on Twitter. And who knows if I'll be on the shitter. Who knows? And? At Stiano. S-T-A-I-A-N-O. John? At Papa John's. And I'm Schweitz. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.